Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Your husband has been known um, to make the occasional gaffe. Uh, oh, you can't even go there. You can, after Donald Trump, you well, cannot even say the word gaffe. I can't gaff. even say the word gaffe. Nope. But you not? Nope. Done. It's gone. The gaffe issue is over. Over. So U.S. COVID over. infected in America, 6,344,700. One, one of the things that, um, uh, um, that, I think is really important is that uh, we somehow put that back on. There's somehow that we're in a situation where, and, uh, and in addition to that, uh, in addition to that, we have to uh, make sure that we uh, we are in a position that we are. I don't know. Well, let me, let I don't know if it is gone. I know that Jill Biden tells me that it's gone. I do not know that it is gone. We will see. But uh, it's gone. Are you sure it's gone? Because it seems to be there. Even. As recently as today, when the submarine emerged from the lid, the uh, the lid sea where he spends most of his time, um, he's had um, he's had challenges uh, already. So I don't know, but hey, if you tell me, if you tell me it's gone, it's gone. That's fine. It seems to me that he's had um, they, he's had challenges even even over the weekend. Yesterday, I think he popped on to MSNBC and. The gone appeared. For example, the Paycheck Protection Act. You know, 1% of the money's gone out. 1%. 1% of the... Uh, no, no, that's not the paycheck. The, 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 um, uh, the, uh, the bill for small, for major, for small businesses. Mainstream lending. Mainstream 1%'s gone out. Well, there you go. Thank you. By the way, that's uh, even better than Daniel Dale is a built-in anchor willing to bail you out. I am... Sure. I don't know who that was, but she saved his bacon there for a moment. As is, uh, you know, usually he was going to call her fat in a second or dog face because anytime he starts to lose his uh, his grounding when he doesn't have a uh, when he doesn't have the answer ready, he gets a little salty. 
as is uh, as is known to happen. So, but that's it. Jill Biden has had enough. Shuts down Jake Tapper. Sets him straight. Your husband has been known um, to make the occasional gaffe. Uh, oh, you can't even go there. You no. can after Donald Trump. You well, cannot even say the word. I can't gaff. even say the word Mm-mm. gaff. Nope. But you not nope. even- done. It's gone. The gaff issue is over. Because- over. So over. I love this. 2020, the year we started everything new. Everything old is erased. It's everything new. Now we, because 2020, because Trump lies, which apparently never happens in Washington, D.C., we need built-in fact-checkers on the debates, by the way, and they're serious when they say that. We want fact-checkers on the debates. Uh, Brian Stelter is very upset that there aren't built-in fact-checkers. And now you're not allowed to use Joe Biden's words against him because Donald Trump because Donald Trump, Yosemites, you know, <laughs> Yosemites. He's not afraid to. Me. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> and he's not afraid to uh, to mangle a word. Shifting production to Thailand and to Vietnam, <laughs> Thailand and Vietnam. You know, he recovered eventually, but still, no, no. He'll okay, make- they all do that. Oh, of course, it happens. I mean, that's what Biden used to. Have. Biden used to have gaffes. Those right. are gaffes. Is that or you know Obama's Navy corpsman or you know there you know what happens when you have to get up in front of people and talk all the time you're going to screw up words and stuff from time to time and it's we all right. have fun with it but not all of Biden's gaffes are gaffes some of the time it was just Biden being himself <laughs> this we're talking about the last thirty years now you cannot go to a Seven Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. He's not joking. (laughs) 150 million people have been killed since 2007 when Bernie voted to exempt the gun manufacturers from liability. Now, I believe that's so we can't have that more. That was never said. It would put 720 million back million women back in the workforce. We can go to I, I was one years old. You weren't yet to be born for another decade when Joe Biden started saying the things that we can't talk about anymore agree that that your service in the senate up to this point has has not reflected any particular concern for the larger contributors well the fortunate thing is i didn't have many larger contributors and the only reason see i went to the big guys for the money i was ready to prostitute myself in the the manner in which i talk about it but what happened was they said come back when you're 40 son great (laughs) that wasn't a gaffe it's just him being honest. my name's joe biden i'm a democratic candidate for the united states senate for uh, president, uh, Mr. Biden, you know you're running. <laughs> it's a different year now. You're running for president. Some of his flourishes, I know, Jill. I know that we're, these are all gone, but some of his flourishes aren't gaffes. They're his detailed recollection. And Corn Pop was a bad dude, and he ran a bunch of bad boys. And I did. And back in those days, why didn't they call it on that? <laughs> that day, she should have. The handler should have said, "Yeah, time bleeping out. We are calling a lid on this right now. Throw him in the van. We're done." You show how things have changed. One of the things you had to use, if you use pomade in your hair, you had to wear a bathing cap. Pretty sure that's racially tinged. I'm not sure, but I'm thinking it might be. So I walked out with the chain, <laughs> and I walked up to my car. This is a man, a grown man, looking for a job right in now. Seventies, but yes. Way. Talking about get uh, about to enter into a street fight with a black man because they had a falling out at the pool where you know where Biden was a lifeguard. 
And they had step. Those days, you used to remember the straight razor. You'd bang them on the curb, get them rusty, put them in a rain barrel, get them rusty. <laughs> Nobody remembers that, Joe. And in order to avoid that, those very high numbers, we have to do at least several things. One, we have to uh, depend on what the president's going to do right now. And first of all, he has to uh, tell, uh, uh, wait till the cases before anything happens. Look, the whole idea is. He's got to get in place things that were shortages of. I, I did insist. I, I suggested that we should have people in China at the outset of this event. And when it all started in Luhan province. Yeah, I understand, Joe. I don't know. I don't know. Jill, I don't know if I realize that we're not allowed to talk about any of those things. It's gone. Okay, fine. One of the things I'm proudest of. Is getting passed, getting moved, get, getting control of the Paris Climate Accord. I'm the guy that came back after meeting with Deng Xiaoping and making the case that I believe China would join if we put pressure on them. And that would have been a very convincing case had Deng Xiaoping not have been dead for 25 years <laughs> at that particular moment. I got, a lot of, I got hairy legs that turn that 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 that, that turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down Jesus. so it was straight and then watch the hair. So she, so Trump is an abrasive jerk a lot of the times mm-hmm. and says a lot of rude things, but you'll never hear anything about his legs and kids <laughs> touching them. He, that's not his style. He's a standard right. uh, stock and trade New York jerk. I've got some of them that are cousins. Some other, I, it's funny. They just, they just sent me pictures today. One of them's got the American flag, but the Yankees symbol in the middle. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, as somebody from Boston, you know, that when you drive by that house, what kind of guy that is. <laughs> That's how they are. I love my cousins. They're great guys, but they're loud, jerk New Yorkers. Come back up again. They look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. The hell is and it? I've loved kids jumping on my lap. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, maybe don't Lid. go there with that. I- yeah, but I mean, it makes you wonder what's happening on the days when we're not allowed to see Biden. Right. If when this is this what sh- we're seeing, then what's the all, other alternative? The day Amy Coney Barrett was announced, all he had to do was walk upstairs, walk outside of his house, walk to the end of the driveway where the reporters were waiting and give a statement. That's yeah, all. Read he some would, words. Right. Unless somebody in there said, uh, no, 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 no. Lobbyists aren't bad people. Special interest groups are not bad people. But guess what? They're corrosive. People who accept the money from them aren't bad people, but it's human nature. You go out, Lynn, and bundle $250,000 for me, all legal, and then you call me after I'm elected and say, Joe, I'd like to come and talk to you about something. (laughs) You didn't buy me, but it's human nature. You helped me. I'm going to say, sure, Lynn, come on in. You didn't buy me. You just bought your influence on me. I mean, it's gone. That's gone, though. That we can't talk about that anymore. I'm a long time, and I know more than most people know. And I can get things done. That's why I'm running. And you want to check my shape on? Let's do push-ups together, man. Let's do. Let's run. Let's do whatever you want to do. This is look fat, but I I, I want to give him a pass on that one because I just think he that was a gaff. Actually, he just that was per- just a gaff. Yeah. yeah. But um, I just. The alternative theory that I hear people say who are liberals is, you know, like, why take him out of the house if it's working for us? You know, like, we're mm-hmm. up in the polls. We're doing great. All we have to do, like you've said before, just run out the clock. Just keep hiding him. You know, but it seems to go against 
most, it, you know, it just doesn't bode well politically. It goes against common political wisdom that the more you hear from your candidate, the worse he does, that that would mm-hmm. be, that that's a good sign. Generally, it's gone. Mm. It's gone. That's all gone. All those are gone. <laughs> I would think you're right. I would think also you'd want to run up the sc- score or at least have some and put some uh, space between you and your opponent. This is the, the lesson from Hillary. If Biden, if it looks like that in those states in Michigan and Wisconsin, Pennsylvania and Ohio, if in those states Biden is doing better than they thought, if he's if he's winning, then you better make sure you've got a comfortable lead. So you get him in those states. Get him talking to people. You had people like Margaret Thatcher, excuse me, you had people like the, the former chairman and leader of the party in, the, in Germany. Nobody should be in jail for a nonviolent crime. Oof, I don't know. I don't know. But none of these were allowed to talk it's about. It's gone. So you're arguably the candidate with the greatest advantage in this race. You've been the vice president. You weren't burdened down by the impeachment trials. So <laughs> in the participation. So how do you explain the performance in Iowa? And why should the voters believe that you can win the national election? Very good question. Fair. The fair question. Let's see. I'm sure he'll handle it like an experienced uh, gentleman diplomatically. I was a Democratic caucus. There been no caucus? No, you haven't. You're a lion dog faced pony soldier. You said you were. You're, now you got to be honest. Now I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, it's gone. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Let me tell you something. If Donald Trump said poor kids are just as bright as white kids, you would never hear the end of it. There would be special panels, there would be special sets built on CNN. Trump's uh, gene theory about uh, minority intelligence. Oh my God, Douglas Brinkley would be running to CNN to talk about how historically this is not the norm. And to hear this from from the Oval Office is chilling, chilling. (sighs) Ah. Play the radio. Make sure the television, the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. <laughs> I mean, it seems weird because he went from a modern entertainment device, the television, to he changed it then to the record player. He corrected himself to record player. Well, the thing is, is that the record is seven formats ago. You know, <laughs> that was quite a while ago. But maybe he realized at some level. So here's my logic on this is maybe he realized that the current wisdom is not to have your kids watch a ton of television. So that's why he course corrected. And maybe, you know, back when he had his kids, that was like a thing like that. You should play them smart stuff. His daughter loves Cardi B. I don't believe she's available on vinyl. I don't (laughs) believe so. Look, tomorrow is Superstar Tuesday. And I want to. All right, I'm just—we're having fun. It's a Sunday. We'll just burn through a few more of these because you know we're—they're all. It's gone. Those are all gone as of now. Jill Biden has told, instructed Jake Tapper and CNN. By the way, those days are over. All of this stuff gets. We arranged. choose science over fiction. We choose truth over facts. <laughs> Think about it. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the. You know the thing. Ouch. <laughs> Now, this one, uh, this is a quiz, Alice. This one, you have to tell me what's wrong with what he says here. What's not to like about Vermont in terms of the beauty of it? And what a neat town. Uh, The fact that he said that statement in the state of New Hampshire. Correct. Correct. 
listen, you got to come see us when you come to New York, VP Biden. Cause I a, will. It's a long way until November. We got more questions. You got more okay. questions. But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. Lid. It don't have nothing to do with Trump. It has to do with the fact I want it's something gone. for my community. I would love to see Take you. Take a look at my record, man. I extended the voting <laughs> racks 25 years. Listen, this is I, not corn pop you're dealing with here. You can put the chain down, Mr. Vice President. The record that is second to none. The NAACP has endorsed me every time I've run. The war, I mean, come on. Take a look at the record. You know, I've been critical of you. Um, I, I have a few things I want to talk to you about. This I know day. you have. Yeah. You don't know me. Jesus, dial it down, Joe. It's gone. That's gone. I mean, you got the first sort of mainstream African-American yeah. who is articulate and bright and, and, and clean and nice-looking guy. I mean, it's, that's a storybook. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Kingswood Community Center. Actually, that's the one down I used to work. That's a joke. You didn't know where we were anyway. <laughs> it's gone. His mind is gone. <laughs> well, I think that on the part of Jill Biden, it's just so much worse that she's saying that because she's the person who's, you know, trotting him out right. like this, <laughs> in this condition. <laughs> so it's yeah. it it really I mean, I think it, we're laughing at stuff, mm-hmm. but it in all honesty, it reflects poorly on her that Biden is in this state and for some reason still can't be And being defensive, you make a great point. Saying, how dare you? You know, How dare you mention these shortcomings and the fact that he's grasping mentally to hang on to things? How dare you mention that? Because you're right, that reflects on her. And also, also, and this is why this has been four years of pure gaslighting from the left. Why is a Biden surrogate out there talking to Jake Tapper and not Biden? Why is his wife the surrogate out there talking to Jake Tapper? Biden was available. Joe was available today. Mm-hmm. Why do you not get him? Why do we get a surrogate? Well, right. All the weird, like the blatant speculation that we see about Trump, um, about what's going on in his White House, and they're all, you know, fantasizing him about shuffling around in a robe, eating Big Macs in the Oval Office or whatever that they imagine or that they are imagining that Trump can't go up and down stairs. But Trump is out there. You know, he's doing interviews. He's talking to people. He might be semi-insane, but right. but what you see is what you get. It is all put out there on display, exposed. There's no like secret version of Trump. The, it, the version that you're seeing, you're getting real Trump. You're getting it on Twitter. You're getting it in his pressers. You're getting it at his rallies. He just goes off. That's that's the real him. Yes, it totally you, is. You might not like it, but that's actually him. You know, with Biden, it's a it's up in the air. It's a question. What what? state is he actually in because we don't know because we're only getting like this weird propped up version of him with prepared remarks that he's reading off a teleprompter in a lot of cases with interviewers who are bailing him out with interviews that are um cut up and edited after the fact you know i'm not trying to be a weird conspiracy theorist here but their refusal to answer any questions about anything the refusal to have him take any tests or fitness or whatever i mean say what you like trump and he did brag about it in a really dumb way but he passed the mental fitness test that's supposed to make sure that you're not completely gone you know right and 
And the left gets all offended if you suggest maybe Biden should try and pass the thing. Oh, no, he would never. That's for people who are really suffering from dementia. He has nothing to do with it. (laughs) Okay, well, you know, then maybe if it's so easy, he should just go pass it and put the thing to rest. You know, like it's like with the Clinton health thing where she's coughing and they're just like in total denial. Right. Right. And and, um, (laughs) you're right. Biden, I mean, Trump is absolutely out there. To a fault. I wish he weren't. He's out there on every occasion. He's everywhere. He's at NASCAR. He's certainly golfing. He's out there at at events. He's out there during the eclipse, looking at the eclipse (laughs) with his own eyes in front of people, regardless of what people are saying. He doesn't get... He's the most out there person there is. One of the reasons he took the hit on COVID is that he couldn't help himself but be out there. It was a COVID presentation starring Donald Trump, you know? I mean, we know minute by minute what Trump is watching on TV because he's live tweeting it, essentially. Yes. He's not missing anything. Every thought that goes through his head is completely public. Like, we all hear about it. So the most, um, so Biden got a couple of questions. Uh, This was yesterday. I don't even know when this was. Sometime in the last three days when there wasn't a lid put on him. Uh, he did get a couple of questions. One of them was about packing the court. Have you ruled out expanding the Supreme Court as president under any circumstances whatsoever? I am not, and I, I, I know you're going to be upset with my answer. But what I'm not going to do is play the Trump game which is a good game he plays. Take your eye off the issue before us. If I were to say yes or no to that, that becomes a big issue. That's the headline here. Yeah, no, the headline here is they asked you if you were going to pack the court and you didn't say no. Right. It's one of those things where if you have integrity, the answer should be obvious. Mm -hmm. So if you refuse to answer for whatever reason you say, then... Now you've made the news for not answering the question. Right. And so you're essentially saying you're, you didn't rule it out. You know, you didn't disavow packing the court. Disavowing is very important. I was told for the last four years mm-hmm. how important that well, it's is. it's like with Trump and, and accepting the election results. Will you accept the election results? Well, we'll have to see. Right. You know, it's the same thing. Will you pack the court? We'll have to see. I don't know. It's like saying that you're not going to. But, but the leading Democratic politicians are saying that they're going to pack the court. Right. You know, the Senate is saying they're going to pack the court. It's already going to happen. They're already saying that. So, by the way, if Trump were to win re-election... Why shouldn't Trump pack right. the court? Right. Why not? You know, knowing if he does win, he's absolutely going to, because that'll be the thing that can bring us to the next level. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I think there is a place for some court, Supreme Court reforms, um, and I think you could get bipartisan support for that, not maybe in this fraught moment right now. But, I mean... There could be a world in which we let people have like forty-year terms and then they leave, yeah, and so or that less. you could like have a consistent number of justices per president, so that we're not all like hanging by a thread on like whether Ruth Bader Ginsburg's mm-hmm. tumors come or go. Like you know, it, it's not great for stability that we live this way, especially now that the court has so much power. I mean, that would be in an ideal world, would be the legislature would legislate and then we wouldn't all be dependent on the court for our day-to-day existence. Right. But, you know, but court packing the way the Democrats are talking about it is not reform. 
No, it's simply it, it's simply restaging the uh, the political parity and in your favor, right? So that you know, it's just it'd be just it'd be crazy. It's just like you know, making presidential terms six years from now on. Yeah, it's just six now. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, no, we're not uh, we're not doing that. What else do we have, Joe? They asked him about uh, taking a drug test. <laughs> He's almost. No, I have no comment. Yeah, in other words, no, I have no words available to me right now. This is usually when they put a lid on it. Um, sometimes he doesn't have the words he needs at the moment. Sometimes he has extra words, and sometimes extra people. Want to get rid of bad cops? As this is a. <laughs> this is my favorite piece of audio of the day. Have you heard this one yet? You probably don't because you, uh, don't you know showed it, it to me. So. So this is MSNBC. This is the the woman who just bailed him out about the paycheck protection thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's go, he's now on about uh, police reform. Ooh, I'm missing buttons. Uh oh. That was Phil. Okay. Well. Uh... Oh, this is good because this is one of the letters that people have asked me. Is what I use for equipment. Okay. And I'm glad you asked that. I use soundboard, which is what you're not hearing right now. <laughs> so, um, kind of to go back to the thing about the court packing a little bit, though, I just can't believe how much foresight they refuse to show. It just it doesn't take that many moves ahead of thinking. Like you don't have to be like superstar chess player like 10 moves ahead to imagine what will happen if the Democrats then pack the court, what will happen the next time the Republicans control the government, which, you know, despite predictions to the contrary, Republicans keep getting elected. You know, we've been getting told by Democrats for years and years that they're going to have like some permanent electoral Mm -hmm. advantage, you know, whether it's because uh, they have this whole thing about how like, you know, white people are going to be a minority and disappear. And then like all the minorities will just elect Democrats forever. That's like, they've always talked about that and things, um, you know, like the electoral college, I used to say they had the blue wall, they were going to be elected forever. So, you know, you could maybe forgive them for getting rid of the filibuster under those conditions or whatever, thinking that they were going to be elected for, but now you can see Republicans can still get elected actually. So, why would you now say we're going to get totally rid of the filibuster for everything and we're going to pack the court and we're going to like, what do they think is going to happen the next time? Right. Like, really? Well, like, well, and also Barack think- Obama won the Electoral College. He loved that game. They loved the Electoral right. College for eight years. That was the best thing going. Right. Absolutely. In the most recent Senate election, even though. They lost seats overall because it happened to be a group of senators that they had a very high number of weak incumbents. Um, They won a greater percentage of the seats that were up than the percentage of the, quote, Senate popular vote that they got. You know, so they love to complain like we won the Senate popular vote and we lost seats. Yeah, but you won a bigger number of the seats than you won of the Senate popular vote. You know, which even the like the word Senate popular vote mm-hmm. hurt me coming out it of is. my That's mouth a d- because it's, yeah. it's so dumb of a concept. It doesn't work like that. But, you know, like they just always assume like they always lose the game and want to throw out the board. Oh, totally. Totally. 
uh, I fixed my problem, by the way. Okay. So if you're having this problem at home, I'm using a little, um, a little, um, is this an app or a program? An app is a program. Okay. I'm using this app called Soundboard. And that's what plays these sounds like this. Oh, sorry. Here. What's the president doing? Look, Venezuela's top line message is President Trump's policy is an abject failure. That's Joe Biden reading the teleprompter and reading the instructions to him, by the way. <laughs> All while raising their prices on prescription jugs. I think that's good. Who doesn't like jugs? Understanding <laughs> what you may hear about me, I have incredibly good judgment. One, I married Jill. And two, I appointed Johnson to the Academy. I just want you to know that. Just clap for that, you stupid bastard. Uh, it's gone. Okay. We won't play it anymore. It's fine. <laughs> so would you like to say a couple words? This is Jill telling him to speak. Am I supposed to speak now or is, yes. is Karen supposed to speak? I don't know. I don't want to get in trouble here. Well, it's me. Okay. It's gone. Okay. That's gone. All right. So let me get back to that. Okay. It's called Soundboard. And a button went away. It went to heaven, and I realized it was it just closed. And to get that button back, it's called Resume uh, All. To get that button back at the bottom of the soundboard thing, there's four, three little hash marks. Just hit those hash marks, and uh, and it comes back to you. So there you go. That's my PSA. Good to um, know. Did we do the drug test? We did, right? Okay, here's my favorite Biden one from, from uh, mm-hmm. today, I think. <clears throat> This is, uh, yes, on MSNBC, we said earlier that he loses some words sometimes, and sometimes he just, he has more words than he needs. Want to get rid of bad cops as much as you know, bad lawyers want to get rid of bad, uh, good lawyers want to get rid of bad lawyers and doxing, but violence is never acceptable. That's what the one thing I got to, we got to communicate. John, John, look. <laughs> I mean, There's what no does John. that even mean? I That's just... John. There's no John. They weren't talking about a John. The host is not named John. The host is a woman. John is not involved in this. There is no reason to be saying the word John. But I don't know. John McCain, John Lennon. I don't want to get rid of bad cops as much as bad lawyers want to get rid of bad good lawyers want to get rid of bad lawyers and doxing. But violence is never acceptable. That's what the one thing I got it. We got to communicate. John, John, look, it's gone. So there you go, John. Was that about like police reform? Mm-hmm. So like violence is never acceptable by the police, right? It's never oh, wow. acceptable. Well, but then it do- it's gone. It doesn't matter. That is <laughs> and John something of the past. By the way, okay. Jake Tapper, your husband has been known um, to make the occasional gaffe. Uh, oh, you can't even go there. You can <laughs> after Donald Trump. You well, cannot even say the word. I can't gaff. even say the word Mm-mm. gaffe. Nope. But you not nope. even- done. It's gone. The gaff issue is over. Because over. So it's over. gone. So does Jake push back on that eventually? I hope so. So these are just cuts that CNN has released. I hope okay, he the said. Whole thing's not out. Well, I mean, who knows if he did? Maybe that's one of the reasons you have Jill Biden out there is that nobody's going to really lay into her because she's, she's wife and she's surrogate. It's, it's funny. I have questions for Jill Biden. He, well. I, I'm, con- I'm concerned about her treatment of her husband right That is. Now. No, 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 no. It's gone. Those, those are gone. We can't rebuild our economy and meet this climate crisis. It's gone. Joe Biden has been in politics a long time. Over the weekend, he lets you know exactly how long. That's why I made it a priority my entire career to work closely with you. From the time I got to the Senate 180 years ago, (laughs) you know, 
as well as my tenure as vice president. That's a long time to be so, in office. Could that just be a joke, though? Like, that he's uh, joking I, about I, having been in Washington a long are time? Are they all jokes then? You well, know? maybe some of that. That could be a joke, that one. I'm trying to... U.S. COVID infected in America, 6,344,700. Apparently, he likes jokes on that theme. Apparently, you know what I'll do? Because I have such a problem with numbers usually, I'll make people wonder if I've mangled the latest That's one. That's why I made it a priority my entire career to work closely with you. From the time I got to the Senate. I think right now he just said time in Senate, and he thought his mind went to like whatever scraps of memory he's got about the Senate to like Abe Lincoln, and he thought, well, that's 1860. 180 years ago. Okay. You know, so is as the Senate- my tenure as vice president. Could the Senate be? No, it's not quite. It's more than I was thinking. Maybe the Senate's 180 years old, but that's not right either. I was trying to come up with some rationale for 180 years that I can't. Like, there's nothing. There's no rationale, unfortunately. One of the things that um, uh, um, that I think is really important is that uh, we somehow put that back on. There's somehow that we're in a situation where, and uh, and in addition to that, uh, in addition to that, we have to. Uh, make sure that we uh, we are in a position that we are. Well, let me let me go to the second thing. I've oh, good. Spoken of it. So now that we've done the first one. Well, I will make an educator, an education that, in fact, thank you all for taking your part, fulfilling a part, being part of, and honors your heroism now, not 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 yesterday. We needed yet yesterday. I unveiled a plan: social distancing and wearing masks which I never do when I walk outside of this house. I never fail to do. Now, one day, on day one, it's gone. I'm going to send the legislature. Lonnie knows I believe this every fiber of my being. We're posed. I, what I propose is, is it can be done. <laughs> COVID has taken this year, just since the outbreak, has taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just, it's, when you think about it, Move it up here. You know, there used to be a basic bargain in this country. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Jill, maybe we um, rethink this. <laughs> but um, I may, okay. So, all right, are you, are you ready to move off of Jill? Well, I just wanted to add one quick thing, which is what's interesting when you hear all these things together where he's, you know, losing track of what he's supposed to be saying, um, is that he is really good at filling you know, I assume just from years of politics mm-hmm. and public speaking, he's good at throwing a lot of words in there before he gets to the point. And, like, you notice it more because he's saying, like, what Trump should have done with COVID. And he's kind of going, well, what I propose is the first thing that the president really should have taken on is he should have uh, taken the first steps to, uh, you know, and he's kind of he has all this sort of like mm-hmm. filler prepositional stuff that's getting him to the point, And he uses he uses it well. So it almost hides the fact like the one where he's like, well, let's go to the second thing. You know, it almost hides the fact that he's been speaking now for right. 27 seconds and hasn't actually said said anything right and uh, he does do that he does have a way to just kind of wade you know, as in mm-hmm. he's in the water and he's also he'll also you can he gets ahead of himself sometimes so he'll say we know that there's got to be guesting coming up for this because we need to increase testing and so he knows he's got testing coming up soon mm-hmm. in like 18 words ahead 
So he's got that in his mind, and then he mangles another word and, and makes a hybrid word with the word testing. Mm-hmm. And I know that said a lot. Anyway, um, I do want to get to the Biden. I can't believe the debates are coming up. I know. It's I can't so believe. Soon. Oh, what are you going to do? Do you have to go to work? Um, I do have to go to work that night. Uh, future ones, maybe we can we can do something special. This particular one's a little tricky, but ooh, um, ooh, God, how do I do that? How do I watch this without drinking beers? Oh, it's going to be tough, but I don't have to do it. All right, here we go. So, Joe, uh, um, what's his name? Uh, Stelter. Brian Stelter is very worried that uh, this debate that's coming up is not going to have a live fact checker. He is concerned that Trump, who is somebody he considers to be a um, a chronic liar, is going to be able to lie, 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 lie. So he brings on Frank Farenko, which is a little close to me. I'm not a fan. I'm not overly thrilled with this guy's name being Frank Farenko. <laughs> but, but this guy runs the debates, and Stelter puts it to him. What are you going to do about Trump? Will Chris Wallace be empowered to fact-check the candidates in real time? We Wait, hold on. Already, will Chris Wallace be empowered to go above and beyond what he usually does? Can he can he carry a cattle prod or something, you know, to, to make sure to put Trump back in line? Is there a way that he can, uh, you know, electrocute his chit? Because I mean, this is incredible. He's not working with a human being here. He's working with Donald Trump, you know, somebody so odious that you're going to need somebody who's really up armored to handle him. Rather than just let Chris Wallace do what Chris Wallace does and be a good journalist and a good questioner and a good follow-up guy. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous that they – but this is so the media. And this Stelter is an idiot. It's, this is so where we are in 2020 because the media hates Trump so much. And they disagree with his politics and they disagree with the um, the almost guttural and gauche way that Trump spins and – and uh, obfuscates and stretches the truth and his double speak to them. All politicians speak with double speak. That is the name of the game. That's why everybody hates them. But Trump's is to them. Trump's is beyond the pale. It's not poli- for polite society. They want to be lied to in a polite way, like Joe Biden lies to them. <laughs> they want to be not like some guy from Queens lies to them. We choose moderators. We make very clear to them that there's a vast difference between being a moderator in a debate and being a a reporter who is interviewing someone. When you're interviewing someone, if they say something that is in direct opposition to something they said a week ago, your duty is to follow up and say, wait a minute, you didn't say that a week ago. But that's not the case in the debate. If one of these candidates says something on the stage Tuesday, it's the role of the other person in a debate to be the one to raise that and say, wait a minute, you're changing your position and so forth, rather than the moderator. So the moderator is a facilitator, and one of the things that we've been successful at doing, and if you re- review what we did in 2016 and, uh, right. and in 2012 before that, is get the candidates to debate, talk to each other about their positions. So- it's incredible. This is CNN's media guy, Brian Stelter, mm-hmm. that this guy, Frank Franco, has to explain this to him, has to explain that, no, this is a forum of two people. This is a battle of wits and knowledge. Right. And Let they, Joe Biden fact check Trump. Why not? Exactly. Joe Biden. That's, also, it just strikes me how short liberals and the media's memories are. I mean, really, like, did the 
did the debate commission give this memo to Candy Crowley or did she miss that one? Because I seem to recall her doing some inaccurate live fact checking in the middle of a presidential debate in 2012. And that's a moment, by the way, that looms very large for conservatives. I don't know. This is why they don't know anything that's going on in the conservative movement because they pay zero attention to what conservatives talk about or think or remember. But the Candy Crowley moment where she corrected Romney in the middle of the debate and said that Obama called the Benghazi attack a terror attack in the Rose Garden when he did not. Um, It's so big for conservatives because it just represented the absolute corruption of the media, their willingness to go to bat for one of the candidates on the stage on live TV in front of everyone. It was so upsetting for conservatives. And that, I mean, like, First of all, moments like that are why you got Trump. I know that phrase Absolutely gets overused. Absolutely true. I know that phrase gets overused, but the treatment of Romney in general, but certainly that moment is right up there with the way the media treated Romney and, and you know, and so there's a reason why people then went for a candidate who absolutely would have hit back at that. He would not have done a polite Romney like, it's, it's, "Oh, okay, okay. I guess it's that's possible not, that like, the, it was that moment that actually birthed the the Trump campaign. I mean, yeah, because because people wanted someone who would hit back on that. And, you know, Trump absolutely is a person who's going to hit back on that. So that's why the the suggestion of having fact checkers in a debate was a non-starter for Republicans from the beginning because of the perception of, you know, probably that one moment uh, among conservatives. Let me but, see if I can find this. I'm trying to play this I, I live. I think... I don't think liberals remember that, think about it, oh, no. know about it. The media it was- can't see. It's like when it's like the same thing as when conservatives say, like, wow, like after Kavanaugh, we are just going to confirm Amy Coney Barrett and who even cares? And they're like, what are you talking about? Kavanaugh was was he treated unfair? That's so weird. Why do people <laughs> talk about Kavanaugh? They just don't like the same cultural moments don't mean the same things to them symbolically. Yes. And they don't care to find out what they mean. To quote the other side, so they they're constantly Governor, surprised. Governor, if you want to reply, yeah, I, just I, I quickly I to do, this, please. I, 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 I think it's interesting. The president just said something, which which is that on the day after the attack, he went to the Rose Garden and said that this was an act of terror. You said in the Rose Garden the day after the attack, it was an act of terror. It was not a spontaneous demonstration. Is that what you're saying? Please proceed, Obama says. They're getting testy with each other. Romney makes him say it again. Mm -hmm. Obama says it again. Says, please proceed. He knows he's in deep kimchi. Please proceed, Governor. I I, I want to make sure we get that for the record, because it took the president 14 days before he called the attack in Benghazi an act of terror. Get the transcript. He did, in in fact, sir. So let me call it an act of terror. Can you say that a little louder, Candy? He did call it an act of terror. It did as well take, it did as well uh, take uh, two weeks or so uh, for the whole idea of there being a riot out there about this tape uh, to come out. You're correct about that. The administration, the administration indicated. That is a hit job on Romney. That is an absolute killing on Romney. She just destroyed his campaign right there. That was it because Obama was about to be knocked out. Say it louder, Candy. (laughs) <laughs> and she did. <laughs> How imagine, disgusting. Imagine. Oh, I'm, I'm, that's, so that's why, you know, I'm, we're going to help. We probably have some liberal friends out there listening. Uh, you can you can see now, 
You know, these are the things that conservatives are talking about the moments that they think of when they think back to the Romney campaign and then why they ultimately voted for Trump. You know, is it things like that. Absolutely. They looked exactly. And we just talked about how he can be a total jerk and a hole. That's who you need. Right. Because he would have called her 75 horrible, disgusting names then right there on the stage on live TV. That crowd that was going, yeah, that's right, Candy. They would have been in tears after what (laughs) Trump would have done to a... To a woman like Candy Crowley, or if a guy like... I don't know like, what you're trying to say. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm just <laughs> To a reporter like Candy Crowley, um, it would it would have been... Maybe that's why she like retired, because when Trump was coming, she's like, I can't, I don't want to deal with this guy. So here's Stelter talking to my guy, Frank Franco. We don't expect Chris or our other moderators to be fact-checkers. The minute the TV is off, there are going to be plenty of fact-checkers in every newspaper and every television station in the world. That's not the role, the main role of our moderators. I, I think what a lot of liberals would say to that is, is what you just said broken in an age when one of the candidates, President Trump, lies every day. How do you explain to them that it's, it's okay to do the, the same old way it's always been in an environment that's entirely different? Well, again, that, that's not the function of the, of the commission. He lies every day. A lie is a is a you know a moral judgment on somebody. Somebody maliciously uh, you know changing the truth for it ends, and you know this is a, while right around us right now the entirety of the whole Russia saga is being unraveled, built right. on nothing. This no the stuff that came out this week from the FBI and the, from the Department of Justice is shocking. All of it, all that whole thing was a narrative. What it appears to be now, straight up now, was the Clinton administration was working with Russian spies from Russia in Russia to produce this thing. Right, to get dirt on Trump. Exactly. They were working with the Russians. Remember Don Jr. met with the the adoption woman up in the Trump Tower, and that was bad because he was meeting with a Russian? Mm Mm-hmm. The Clintons were working with the Russians, and CNN lived off that for three years. And his denials about that were considered lies. Now he's a sh- talker, Trump, with the best of them. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about that. And there's a fl- he can flim flam left and right all day long. But they are in no position. Oh and yeah, for I mean a- he's not going to win any accuracy awards. Oh no, for he's stuff a he promoter. Says. Everything he says, the biggest thing you ever seen, best you ever seen, the best you ever seen, best you ever saw. This is it's, it's, everything is like it's like that. But. I mean, these people were calling him dishonest based on their premises, which were completely false and fabricated, which they never bothered to check into, never bothered to look. Well, right. And the idea now that uh, presidential debates can't work if a politician lies, that somehow like people can't debate each other if somebody will lie as though Trump invented lying. There's like a movie, The Invention of Lying, where there's a society where like everyone's 100% truthful. Like it's never occurred to anybody not to lie. And somebody invents lying. Like it's like they think Trump is like that, right? Like that no politician has ever lied before. And like all of a sudden Trump just is the first one to ever like try this thing where he's not 100% truthful all the time. Right. And, and- so it's like the system the system was designed for bad people. That's what the framers had in mind, right? They wanted a system that could withstand unscrupulous, power-hungry, wannabe tyrants, you know? And it's 
I don't really think Trump is that big of a wannabe tyrant, except in the most God. absurd, absurdly small way where he like wants to do stuff and gets annoyed that things are in his way. But yes, do you? If he was at all a wannabe tyrant or authoritarian, do you think Jim Acosta would be a free man? <laughs> Mission function is to put on television before the people of the United States the two candidates. They will act as they're going to act. We we have no control over that, and then it's for them to make judgment based upon what they've seen. So doesn't Chris Wallace need to have the ability to call BS when he hears it? Well, you know, Chris is Chris. I think he's one of the most outstanding interviewers and also debate moderators that I've come across in years. Uh, And he has his own journalistic integrity, which I trust. Damn right, Frank Franco. I get the feeling that Republicans won't be pleased. Trump fans won't be pleased with Chris Wallace's. Um, with his, how he shuts down Trump and and um, mm-hmm. and he'll be he'll just be tough with him like he is with everybody. But right. I think that they'll be very pleased with how he treats Biden. Right, I think he's a very fair. I'm pleased with him as a choice for a moderator, and uh, you know I think he'll do a good job. But what does it say, Alice, that they that CNN is so afraid that you'll hear what Trump says without their filtration? They're so afraid. What will listeners, what will viewers do with that information if Trump tells them? I mean, last time they voted for a president who, who wasn't in their best interest and he used division. They're so afraid that you get information direct. Right. That That's they, why they don't like his Twitter account either. Right. Because they're afraid of Trump saying things without getting to vet it first. But on the flip side, too, why are they so afraid to send Biden up in front of a microphone without you know, uh, somebody to go to bat for him in case he can't handle it, in case Trump right. says something that's not true and Biden doesn't know or can't call him out because Biden doesn't have the facts at his disposal, you know, uh, the, because that's what the the debate guy was saying. The debate commission guy was saying was that, you know, this is Biden's job. We're sending Biden up to debate Trump, not, you know, a bunch of CNN fact checkers to debate Trump. Like, why are they so scared to send Biden up without like reporter human shields? Without without my buddy Daniel Dale up there, I know. It's actually that's exactly what they want. They actually want that. They want Trump to to say. They want Daniel Dale there. So when Trump says (laughs) the AOC is pushing around, Daniel Dale can jump up and run up and grab the mic and say no. Joe Biden is his own man. His campaign is run by Democrats, many of them conventional Democrats for many decades. And there there are no shadowy figures. That's the fact checker fact checking. We looked into it. And yes, by the science, he's his own man. That's nothing but freaking spin and opinion. But by the way, so if we're worried about lies... On the debate stage. Mm -hmm. Can we think of somebody who recently, during a debate, or during the debate, not only admittedly spun something that we're now being told it was just for the sake of the debates, but has admitted that debates are made for lying? Because in those debates, you landed haymakers on Joe Biden. I mean, they were, his teeth were like chiclets all over the stage. And now I believe you that you're fully supportive of him. How does that transition happen? How do you go from being such a passionate opponent on such bedrock principles for you? And, and now you guys seem to be pals. It was a debate. <laughs> 
<laughs> not everybody landed punches like you did, though. It was <laughs> a debate. <laughs> so you don't mean it. It was a debate that the whole reason, literally, it was a debate. It was called a debate. I understand. Travel to the debate. There were journalists there covering the debate where there would be a debate. Whew. Man, it's I'm going to be an interesting one too with her and Pence. I'm oh, yeah. Well, I hopefully Team Pence know has that cut in his head, you know, that audio right there. But can you imagine how refreshing is it to hear her un- mistakenly say the absolute truth? Yeah, we just be- put on this show for you guys. Yeah, we don't just- actually believe any of this stuff. No, it's the TV show of, of <laughs> stuff we have to say to try to look cool for you for a while. There's nothing that's all gone now. Debate, yeah, that's nothing. It's just performative. Woof. I don't know. But I can't imagine. So this so two days away is the debate. It's unbelievable. It's Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Oh man. I don't know. Okay, Alice. Uh wait, is there other what's all the other stuff we have to get to before we go to our letters? Emails. Um you there was a really great cover of a song that you and I talked oh, about. Oh yeah. This Let me find that. That we should play high culture song. Song. All right, here we go. When I was younger, so much younger than today, I never needed. All right, this is Miley Cyrus. If you didn't know, doing the Beatles' "Help." This is an actual song, I assume, release and video. Anybody's helping anyway, but now those days are gone, and I'm not so self-assured. All right. Among other things, it sounds like he's like using the Grand Ole Opry background band from the 1970s. Mm-hmm. She is. Um, second, that's terrible. It's really bad. It's kind of shocking how bad it is, given that she's you know a pretty talented singer. Like she has a good voice, and the song is it's a great song. The song yes. is musically wonderful, and anything that's good about that is the song doing the work there. But it. I don't know how you managed to ruin a song that's that good that much. Yeah, I it, it, the song is is kind of gorgeous. The the, the chords are are very beautiful. It's I think the chords are the harmonies and it's so- yes. It, 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 it said, I mean I don't I, I I played the guitar a long time ago, but the chords are A and I think it's um what is it uh, what is that thing there? What, do you know the website number? <laughs> it's A. You guys know B. Is it B minor? There's no such thing as B sharp minor, right? Wait, D. What's before? D. C sharp? C, so it's got to be C sharp minor. A, C sharp minor, F sharp minor, I think. It, it's a beautiful chord progression, which is one of the reasons why the background vocals are so nice. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all laid out in the, in the chords, et cetera. Um, and they, she takes no advantage of it. It's just a terrible, terrible job. Maybe it's a rush job. I don't know. I, but uh, it's just terrible. We need to do the story, Alice, of the uh, kids' menu. Oh, the kids' right, menu. Yes. Did I send that to you? I sent that to you, right? You did send it to me. Um, or did I send it to us? Tori Bedford? Is it Tori Med- Bedford? Is that who it is? Uh, no, it's I don't not. think That's so. That's a Trump girl. It's, no, a Trump. it's but Jill, like... Jill Filipovich. Yeah. So how do we know Jill Fil- Filipovich? She, I think I've had a problem with her before. Right, yeah. she She's been in Twitter things before. She's a liberal media person. Okay. 
How do I have a? I, I think I, I might have had a Twitter, Twitter fight with Jill Filipovich before. Jill Filipovich. Well, let's see what else she has done. Filipovich. I think this is a great tweet. How do I know her news? Eh, I don't know. Doesn't matter. So she's got this tweet. Jill Filipovich. She is. Let's take a look at what she's. Who she is, though. Jill Filipovich. Okay, she's an American lawyer. She's thirty-seven years old. She's very pretty, I think, and thirty-seven years old. An American lawyer. She went to NYU and yada yada yada. Okay, now she tweets this thing out. I know the thing parents hate most is when non-parents assert what they will do as parents, which is inevitably smug and incorrect. But I am 100% sure I will never assent to a, quote, kid's menu or the concept of, quote, kid food. So. And then she goes on to explain in case you... uh don't get what she means yet she says everyone who is like oh this is so unrealistic just wait till you're a parent do you think children in most of the world order off a kid's menu and survive primarily off of chicken fingers and plain pasta right so i will say to begin with this so we have four kids 10 to 2 right hello we have four kids yes 10 is the old or nine is the oldest one almost and then two years old is the youngest one Mm mm-hmm um, I will say that I am somebody who is, I'm not huge into kids either. I like our kids. Some mm-hmm. kids I find amusing. Uh, I was never a kid person before we had kids. I, I was, I, have you I already not, said all this? You, on did, the, you did do one of the, you did talk about this a little. I feel like I've said all kids this. rats and. Right. Okay. Were, okay. There you and go. And you so had you know, a lot of opinions on what parents should do exactly. or not do. And, and, yes. And we had this. T- you told some of them to me early on, like when our child was a few days old, I got treated to a lot of your opinions on what oh, you yeah. should do. And yes. Stuff. You found out if a lot of things in real time. you're not a parent or even, I, I and I have no problem with non-parents. And believe me, when I didn't when I didn't have parents, I didn't want to hear parents talking to me about parent stuff. I thought it was freaking lame. <laughs> um, and I still do, except for it's my life. If you listen to this podcast, you hear little intruders constantly coming into the studio, demanding things, crying, breaking things, coming in injured, hurting themselves. <laughs> right now we're in the second floor of our house downstairs. There are bad things happening right now. We know that. This is just what happens. But if you think that you know anything, even if you've babysat, if you think you know anything about being a parent, if you're not a parent, you don't know anything. There's no accurate brochure for it. (laughs) There's no good book for it. Crazy. This kid's menu stuff... I used to think the same way when I was didn't have kids, and I'd see all the Disney stuff and say, oh "My God, they're brainwashing these kids young with Disney flavored cereal and and uh, or Disney flavored, so you know, Mickey Mouse cereal and <laughs> Pop Tarts that have Minnie Mouse on them." And like, Jesus, this is this branding is terrible. And the idea of a kids menu too, it's like really. I mean, this is they're just taking advantage and trying to suck kids in and get them hooked to these kind of little kid things. No, that is not why these things are there. These things are there because these little monsters 
will not eat a GD thing <laughs> unless it has some freaking gimmick wrapped around it. Yeah, we so, have to keep them alive, so well, we have to convince them to eat food. So they don't, they don't want to eat macaroni. They want to eat Paw Patrol macaroni or chicken fingers. They don't want. I cooked dinner for these ungrateful parasites four days ago and I was I had a big meltdown Alice knows about this <laughs> because I made I seasoned chicken drumsticks with this beautiful seasoning with paprika and garlic and this and that I seasoned gorgeous drumsticks and I cooked them in the uh, I, I roasted them in the oven they were beautiful beautiful tasted wonderful and none of the kids gave them the time of day instead they saw that for some reason, I, I slaved over this food, by the way. They saw for some reason that mommy happened to be enjoying a couple of English muffins. God forbid mommy have that second to enjoy English muffins. And like the Nazgul or <laughs> these hawks, rah, rah, they descended upon her <laughs> and ate her English muffins. You know, I made them beautiful food. So that's all they wanted. So then I, I had to make more English muffins. Then I made, and then I toasted all of the English muffins because all all that's all they wanted was the crappy stupid English muffins because they don't they're they don't care about how much you slave on food that you love they're programmed to not go by the plan they're programmed to blow up the plan and the idea like that that uh, you know a happy meal is a wonderful thing because it's a shut up and give me peace in the name of Christ meal that's what it is. Right. It's a, a, we're it's on a, the road trip and uh, our kids are going insane Yes, and we and just need it, calm in the vehicle. Yes. And it's just a little box. It looks like a house. And you <laughs> open it and you get some crappy fifth rate toy made by slaves somewhere and the food is idiotic and whatever. And they, they may or may not eat it. They may just play with the box. They may not eat apple slices or, or, or fry. They may not even touch at all. Actually, our kids love the apple slices from right. the Happy which is a Which is a strike <laughs> against them. But, but, shocking in itself. But. but So this is about survival. It's simply about survival. You're sitting around looking at them. Oh, we're not ordering off the kids. Do you understand that the moment you get inside a restaurant with little kids – the timer's on. Dun, 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 dun. The timer is on, and the kids are going to melt down and explode in a finite amount of time. The percentage of time Alice and I get to go out to a restaurant where both of us are allowed to sit there through the duration, rather than one of us have to abort the mission and take a screaming child with us. It, it, less than three percent of the time do we ever get to fin- go through the whole thing and finish. Usually, kids are are distracted they want to run through the restaurant they want to they want to uh raise hell they want to stand up in their seats and look at the people behind them it's a constant battle it's a constant offensive against the enemy they never stop they are relentless a kid always needs and wants and does stuff and they will destroy you and overrun you and destroy your peace Unless you can find the little things to fend them off. Okay, and, and I don't want to give people the impression that our kids are that terrible because they're no, really, no, they're really no, these, like, no, I'm talking about those are the good kids. <laughs> right. No, I mean, I think that it's not that kids are bad. It's just that people who aren't parents underestimate the amount of labor that it takes to ensure that your kids are good and that your kids aren't bothering other people and that they do behave in the restaurant. And a lot of the times that means using any tool at your disposal to try and make this better, you know? And I think that people think for some reason it has something to do with like, you know, being 
bourgeois about how we treat our children, these kids meal things. But no, it reminds me actually of something when we first brought our daughter home and, you know, you said to me like 24 hours in, you were like, I'm amazed because I always thought when people would tell me like, shh, the baby's sleeping, that they were like concerned about the baby's rest. And then you were like, now I realize they just wanted the baby to be asleep because they wanted it to stop crying so that they could like get some rest. Right. And I was like, yeah, no, the kid's menu or the shh, the baby's sleeping or like the things that parents do aren't, they're not doing them to pamper their kids. They're doing them to keep the world running. Because right. we're using everything we have to try and make sure that we're doing the right thing and raising the kids right and making them behave and all those things. Yes, and you're under siege. I mean, when you go into these restaurants, sure, they start off by giving you, they'll give the kids crayons and they'll give them a little th- something to draw and color. And usually in the, in, the, in the little piece of paper, they give them one side is the kid's menu with some overpriced chicken nuggets or something else. And that's going to fend them off for only so long because then the kids are going to want to play with the silverware and then eventually maybe you can hand them a cell phone. I know you're not supposed to, but whatever it takes, you're just trying to buy 34 minutes so you can go in there and dine and do whatever it takes and, 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 and survive the thing. So for her to say, you know, I, I, one thing, I, I'm 100% sure I will never assent to a kid menu on the concept uh, or the concept of kid food. Jill Filipovich, if you have kids... You're going to be going to the store with vomit and feces on you, <laughs> and that's a good day. You won't even think about it. That is a good, is a good day. The crap that you're going to have – I mean, the, the stuff I find in my pockets that's just been handed to me for kids, old food and the dirty <laughs> sock, and it's like today one of the kids – he got a he, – he hit his – mouth on the window and so he was bleeding a little bit. It's fine. No, sorry. It's just a small cut. There's always something. There's always a man down somewhere. <laughs> always. I mean, it just never it never ends. So that's what I'm saying. I mean, you have no... This is like, you know, storming the beaches on World War II, you know, in, in, under German fire, mowing everybody down, you know, and, uh, and worrying, you know, that you didn't use a double knot on your shoe at the moment. That doesn't matter. Nothing else matters but pure, pure survival. Did I, am I selling this too hard? Maybe it's just as the guy's feeling because I'm the guy. But but actually, and that's why when Amy Coney Barrett the other day, I thought it was brilliant. Mm-hmm. When they showed her leave her house. Right. I'm sure an hour earlier that she was haggard and destroyed by those kids trying to find, okay, guys, this is a really important day. Do the kids care? Do the little ones care? <laughs> they give a flying bleep if it's an important day. No, no, no. And th- just trying to find all their shoes. Where are <laughs> right. your shoes? You just had shoes. Where are? Where could your shoes be? Possibly. Yeah, We've, they were right here. Right. I just gave them to. You. I put them out last night. No, no. To try to get all those kids, seven kids, all ready, all dressed in clean clothes, to get them clean, to then get them successfully into the car, get them successfully. I got nervous watching them go into the car because I thought, <laughs> what must have been happening to get seven little kids? Well, some of them are a little bit right, older. which that's that's a blessing. But I mean, you know, if if you're if you've got especially more lot. than two kids, then then every day if going to the store is if you're taking them is Operation Overlord. So okay, oh here we go. Get all the supplies. Get the EpiPens. Get to this. Get to that. Get the kids. Make sure they're buckled in. Uh, you know, try to. Thankfully, we've got a. There's something that Jill Filipovich probably wouldn't do is that we've got a little uh, in our minivan because you know we're we're we do very well our minivan 
oh, we've got a little VCR player thing in it, so they can watch stuff sometimes, which is yeah, something like I never had. Trips, yeah. But that is a help, you know. And the fact that they fall asleep in the car sometimes is a help or a hindrance because then you have to wake them up, or do you not wake them up? Do you just drive? But anyway, the whole thing it is a is a massive undertaking to do this stuff. Now, time for do you have anything to say, Elsa, on the matter before I move along, Elsa? That's it. I think I think we covered it. Yeah. Okay. So letters. Let's see. Rocket launch is October fourth, Alice. That's her Cub know. Cub Scouts thing. Okay, burn barrel. This is from Dana. Uh, Dana. By the way, some of these I've just seen today. Some of these letters. I feel like such a jerk. I'll do better at this. Um, these aren't letters. These are emails. I'll do better at this. I should have gotten back to you, Dana, um, approximately three months ago. But I just saw this today because I just put in... I'm just an idiot. Okay. <laughs> I will be better at this. <laughs> Hi, Tom. Really enjoy the podcast. The music is perfect, too, by the way. Thank you, Dana. That's back when it was just the, the ending music now. Just wanted to give feedback and encouragement because I look forward to listening and appreciate the variety and not just one perspective. She said, the Gen X needs a life preserver episode was so damn funny. <laughs> that was the Sylvester Stallone Cobretti. Uh, got a life vest? No, why? Because your French fries are drowning. Or life preserver, French fries are drowning, which was which is one we played a while ago. And, and that was just... That we were just talking about how Gen X was shameless, and we it really is all generations are terrible, but fine. She said, Some are related. I've been watching old movies, I either watched for a long time, uh, I've been watching old movies, I either watched a long time ago or not at all. And just this past weekend, Enter the Dragon and Bloodsport back to back. Oh, Bloodsport, man, that was a religion in my house. So freaking funny. I found that. Uh, almost the exact cheesy line in the first was in the second about punching a board, enter the dragon, in brick blood sport, and that the board or brick can't punch back. It reminded me of your podcast episode. Thank you, Dana. Appreciate that. Why didn't I find these earlier, Alice? I don't know. I don't Here know what's wrong with you. Go. From Dick Sweet. Um, hi, Tom. My name is... Okay. His name is different than his email. Oh, okay. Second, okay. <laughs> I'm starting to think Dick Sweet may not be. <laughs> huh? Can't get one past me. Hmm. I can't, Tom. Mike. <laughs> Why? You know what? From now on, from now on, maybe it's just gone. don't read it's the name. Gone. It's gone. Okay. You know, make fun of me for this. <laughs> don't read the names. Just read the. My name is Steven, and my friend Dan and I have the small, terribly named podcast. Hopefully it's not named after your email handle. <laughs> I first became aware of you when your We Need a Better Media in 2020 column came out in the Lowell Sun. Well, thank you. Since that article, I tune into the days you are in with Jerry. It's Jerry Callahan. And I've listened to a sizable chunk of the burn barrel. My co-host, Dan, and I are both from Massachusetts and admire someone with sensible politics. Well, look at this. Would you be willing to come on our podcast? I guess it's more of a podcast pitch, but it's a letter to me, and it's got Burn Barrel somewhere in it. Our fans are in their 30s, 30-something men from Mass that don't listen to GCS, Jerry Callahan Show, mm -hmm. or KMS, Kirk Minahan Show, so you would get exposure to a new audience. Does this mean I'm going to get mugged when I go on? <laughs> Let me see this podcast here. Exposure to a new audience. My cheat. DEC joins. Oh, this is DEC. These are all, but DEC is a 
Kirk Minahan guy, I think. Dan is fat. Let's see. Uh, Dan is coming to... Let's listen to... We do it all for the Bromas. Actually, they don't... They haven't, okay. It's my cheat day. That's the name of the like, I'm, I'm halfway through a show today where I can't remember the word Steve used to describe... Like a cudgel. 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 I just listened to it. Cudgel. Wait a second. He must have said he does listen to the KMS podcast because... Okay. Our fans are 30-something men... 30-something men from Mass that don't listen to GCS or KMS, so you would get an exposure. Either way, um, Stephen and Dan, <laughs> yes, I'll be on the podcast. And I'm happy to talk about cudgels and Steve uh, Robinson all day if you want to. This live video feed, is this from you, Alice? Oh, Michael Nasser. Oh, I mean, not his last name. All right, Michael. <laughs> <coughs> Michael Nasser can't be construed into anything X-rated, right? <laughs> well, yeah, but maybe don't read people's names aloud yes, anyway, because they didn't. I'm new to anybody liking me for anything, so this is very new. Dear Tom, my wife and I listen to you every night after we... This is 11 days ago, so I'm... Michael, thank you very much. I'm I'm, um, I'm at least less um, negligent on this one. My wife and I listen to you every night after we put the kids to bed, and we love your show. Thank you. You are very down-to-earth and quite engaging without the usual podcast abrasiveness. However, please do a live video feed of the show. I think it would... No, please do not do a live video feed from the show. I think it would distract from your show. Um, it says, by the way, fly fishing and DBs are totally different from guys who smoke cigars. I do... Guys who smoke cigars. Okay. One, I'm not going to do the live video yet. Uh, I think that'll be something that will be implemented in. I mean, we could still put it on YouTube with with um, really kind of a static image. But I mean, we can. I have cameras. I mean, I, can, I I don't have them set up or anything. I could set up cameras here to just capture it, so you could watch. I don't know um, if you'd love to watch it. I'm. Uh, it's not that interesting. It's not. I, it's not that interesting. <laughs> I'm at a computer. Um, when Alice is here, she's uh, like sitting on a couch. Um, she's attractive. I am less so. You're I think. Cute. Well, in a uh, Shrek kind of way, maybe. <laughs> But so, uh, so, uh, but, but I mean, I'll do it. I don't care. I'm not really afraid to do it. I, I don't, it, it's going to be hard to, when the kids come barging in, it's going to hard, it's going to be hard for me to make threatening, um, <laughs> threatening, uh, gestures at them when you can see them. <laughs> but, uh, maybe that'll be fun to do. By the way, fly fishing and D, fly fishing DBs are totally different from the guys who smoke cigars. Yes, they are totally different, but I do believe that they're both DBs in their own way. And I have tied flies, by the way. I had a um, an Orvis fly tying kit, and I had a great rod, actually. Maybe it was an Orvis rod. I forgot, but I think my dad uh, gunned the boat uh, one time when I was a kid in Vermont, and I think it uh, went to the bottom of Nichols Pond in uh, Hardwick, Vermont. So, All right. Where am I? Tom from Catherine. Uh, Tom, this one's fairly recent. This one's an hour ago. This is a real, this is up to date. Wow. Yes. Oh, wait. Or is it not? No. Okay. It's a few days ago. Tom. Tom, I listen to you regularly on Burn Barrel and GC Show. It's Jerry Callahan's show, podcast. It's a great podcast. So frustrated with this continued lockdown that I decided to reach out to my local state rep. 
I've included all included all of our communications, and to ask you if you have any advice for me to further rattle some cages. P.S. Did you see that Kevin O'Connor is only ten points behind Markey? That blows my mind in a good way. So yeah, if you're not from Massachusetts, it's Senator Ed Markey. His Republican challenger is trailing him by 10 points, which is remarkable for Massachusetts. I did see that, Catherine. Thank you very much. So let's see. Um, she's going after Rep Garlic here. Uh, she thought it would be helpful for you to also send your thoughts on reopening directly to the governor. She wants to reopen. Uh, I don't know. Alice, if you want the state to be reopened, you've, you've, you know more about state politics than me. What do you do? Um, I'm not sure there, honestly is much to do at this moment. I mean, a lot of this isn't even being done through the legislature. This is all just public health orders, which is, you know, it's a big problem that I have with it, actually. Is it, it, I mean, I guess call Baker's office, too, because that's that's where a lot of it's coming from. It's not getting passed through the legislature. Even, like, the childhood flu mandate for schools, uh, the flu vaccine mandate, is um, that wasn't passed through the legislature, which is odd, you know? Yeah, and I'm reading Catherine's email here to her state rep of the reported nearly 200,000 deaths fewer than 10k of those were due to COVID only with 90% of deaths having 2.6 comorbidities uh, yeah I think you're doing the right thing here and but this, you are not going to find any uh, anything but invertebrates on Beacon Hill unfortunately you know the deal here in Massachusetts I mean this is ridiculous Baker's being shameless on what he's doing but I, I would I would also say to um to keep up the pressure on Baker's office, on Polito's office. Let them know that um that maybe that, that you're a constituent and a sometimes maybe potential or one time supporter and you've had enough of this crap. Uh I think you're doing the right thing there. And let's see. Also, I would also call in, you know, when these guys make make appearances on like GBH, PBS, I would call in and air this stuff out. I know you've got lives to lead. I know it's not that easy, but uh, if you can, I think it's a good idea. I think some of these demonstrations can be, you know, standing out in front of the state house. They get politicized and whatever. And you've got lives. Once again, I know it's not easy, but I think you're doing the right thing. When we'll keep doing the right thing over here, maybe we'll come up with uh, something we can do as a group. All right, Tom, from Mike. That's Pepper. Hey, Tom, I'm enjoying your podcast. I heard you naming some of the podcasts that you listen to, and they pretty much map, map, match up to what I listen to. Being self-employed, I need to consume a lot of content during the workday in order to drown out the voices in my head. One person I heard you mention was Sam Harris. I'm not sure if you heard his latest podcast, but I'd highly recommend it. Other than the occasional Trump bashing, I think it's the best single podcast episode, wow, I've ever heard. And this is old, an old text, an old email, I think. June 18th. It's great. Um, uh, so I think it's the best podcast I've ever heard. It's a pretty brutal takedown of the media, BLM and Antifa. He does it in a calm, laser-guided way off the top of his head. It's pretty unbelievable, really. Anyway, keep up the good work, Mike. Mike, thank you so much. <coughs> Sorry. I'll check that out. I like Sam Harris. I, I'm with you. Like he He's definitely got Trump in the head and... When he gets onto the Trump stuff, you can tell that he's getting agitated, etc. But uh, I'll try to check it out. If you can remember which episode it is, uh, do let me know, Mike. Although it's also three months ago. So if you've moved on from this uh, endeavor because <laughs> I'm an idiot, I'd understand. <laughs> Tom, thank you for the podcast. This is, wow, this is very nice. Mike Stanley says, stunning. 
uh, for a decade, Jay's profile, this is the po- subject is, thank you for the podcast on Jay Severn. For a, je- for a decade, Jay's profile has been near zero, seemingly intentional. I don't know why he was so quiet all this time. I was thrilled to see some steam pick up. It felt after. It, it felt after so long, maybe just a small fan base kept periodically checking new stuff he was finally starting to put out there. I wasn't sure how big he could get again, but I'd be there. Alas, given his passing, it was really nice to hear some content acknowledging Jay's passing. Thank you for putting that out there so quickly. Jay's last Blaze show with his daughter was rather sad. Truly, his element was that Boston FM signal. Anyway, your podcast was very cathartic. Best to his family as well. Thank you. Cheers to a good man in a bygone era, Mike. Mike, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I miss Jay, and that sucked that he that he passed away this year. Damn, that that sucked. It, it sucked. I, mean, I just uh, yeah. I, I I I have very fond memories of working with him. He was he was. I was if you don't know, we're talking about Jay Severn. When I first worked there, I was intimidated by the idea, the specter of him. And uh, and once I met him, he was just a cool, fun guy. He was one of those kind of guys. There's a couple different kind of radio hosts. There's a kind who are aloof and do their own thing and speak to talent. And then there's a kind who hang with the producers. And Jay was a hang with the producers kind of guy, which I appreciated. He'd just shoot the breeze, you know, about stuff guys talk about. All right. From Eric, Jerry Callahan podcast. <laughs> this might be just me doing errands for Jerry here. Dear Tom, dear Mr. Shattuck. I am reaching out to you in hopes you can encourage members of the GCP, Jerry Callahan Podcast, to cross-post on the Parlor platform. Look at him doing Jerry's. I'm Jerry's handmaid now. <laughs> is that what a handmaid is? I don't know. I mean, I guess, yeah. Sorry. Having left Facebook f- years ago and being banned from Twitter, it is increasingly difficult to keep abreast of what latest info. I hope you can push this along to the guys. And yes, Alex included. Uh, and Eric, I think I did actually push this to the guys. That was July 16th. You know, I'll forward it to Reamer right now. I don't know if I did to him. There you go. Alex Reamer. Uh, all right. There's another Jay Severin. Thank you much. Um, Alan Martin says, thank you very much for the thoughtful memorial co- podcast. Uh, one of the best and brightest. I have it in good authority. Thank you, Alan. appreciate that. Uh, hi, Tom. Big fan of your podcast and love the music. Oh, on recent podcast, you had a segment from someone about the civil war. I'm driving to UVA next weekend and thought it would be make for a sort of interesting discussion with my daughter on our drive along with a few of your shows. Could you share when the sound came from where the sound came from? <clears throat> oh yeah, that was, and I, I did respond to this. This is Ed. That was David French on the fifth column podcast. So look for David French, Fifth Column Podcast. That was a good episode. That's a great podcast. Those guys are, are wild. And uh, David French, I'm sometimes, I sometimes love, sometimes not so much. And that might be it for, there's one telling me to get on Callahan. Andy Blake says, still no mention of the podcast on Jerry's Wiki page. He wants me to just yell at Callahan. Andy, I'll yell at him this uh, probably Wednesday. And um, <clears throat> you can always send me an email anytime you want at winchester at gmail.com winchester at gmail.com you can follow me on twitter at tom shattuck you can follow alice shattuck at alice shattuck on twitter dm us there as well but those uh those emails sent to winchester at gmail.com we may get a new email to make this all easier hey we're starting a new week guys 48 hours from now the incredible debates can you bleep and believe it 
Okay, this is our this is our bonus track. I forgot a letter, an email. One was um, said nice things about Alice Shattuck. Go right ahead, Alice. I don't want to read it. You read, read it. it. That's your job. Where is it? It's in your email. Is it, okay, Chard. How did I miss this one? I don't know what's wrong with you. Okay, know. Rick says. Rick in North Conway. North Conway is beautiful, by the way. Rick says, "I'm pausing the podcast because I don't want to miss a thing." Hold on a sec. From the days of the great and powerful. To two more hogs got the fever. I must say I'm a little jealous, but I'm mostly clapping for me because I saw this coming for years. Well, that's very nice. Thank you for a great production. And you are absolutely correct to have added the Alice factor. Incredibly charming and disarming. Nice work there. Don't screw it up. I'll try not to, Rick. I appreciate that. Alice Shattuck, anything to say to Rick? I'm just not sure if he means our marriage or the podcast when he says don't screw it up at the end. So Yeah, well, both are always in jeopardy. So well, we appreciate it, Rick. See you later. You ready? I was born ready. I'm ready. You ready? I was born ready. Hit me, baby. Jesus. <laughs> I'm. I think thinking about that that video now when she's in the schoolgirl uniform, Britney Spears. I think that she was saying she was pertain- talking about having sex. Do you? I thought it was about having uh, getting a phone call. Really. Like, hit me up, like, call me. Really? But I was in middle People school. People didn't have cell phones widespread. Maybe she did. Wow. Well, but you can call somebody not on a cell phone. All right, all quiet on the set. You ready? Yep. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.